Hello. Let's hope I don't crash. Dump. <laughs> Hello. We don't welcome crash. To... Much like yeah, Static no X, one. hope she don't crash. <laughs> R.I.P. to that guy. Reinstall in... Windows, David. Yes. R.I.P. to that guy in his Batman hair. What? Oh, what? I didn't know he died. He did. Wayne Stat, the, the late Wayne Static. Wayne? Oh, that's harsh. Wayne Static, what? Sorry, David. This will give you a good little uh, end of episode clip, though. <laughs> uh, he, I mean, I, although I think technically that song from that Batman Beyond movie was not, in fact, uh, Static X. It was like some sort of Wayne Static side project. Yeah. Oh, right. That guy. Sorry, the, the name just threw me off. Yeah. How do you forget a guy named Wayne Static? Yes. Who has Batman hair? Because I don't think I ever knew his name. I remember the Batman hair. Okay, yeah, You have ever talked to David Willis, so you know about the Batman hair? Yes. The side product was Mephisto Odyssey. That's Ooh. right. Man, that video. Mm. I should run that video through the upscaler. <laughs> 1080p Batman hair. Uh, so yeah, this is uh, today. We are and happy All Spark Day, everybody, because we are indeed watching All Spark Day. Uh, the that is the f- uh, tenth episode of the fourth season of Transformers Rescue Bots, first aired in the U.S. June eighteenth, twenty sixteen, and uh, written by Kim Bayer Johnson. Hmm. Uh, interesting. Not a not that name does not sound familiar. Uh, the first episode of Transformers written, uh, not a big animation. Uh, resume. However, it's entirely possible she uh, looks like she did uh, do some uh, My Little Pony. Oh, and, uh, like Friendship is Magic, yes. or like and My Friends Tigger okay. and Pooh. Not like okay, and not like OG ponies. No, and it's also possible that she might have had an in with one of the voice actors on this show because it looks like Uh-oh. she has written a bunch mm-hmm. of Lifetime holiday movies. Oh, oh no. Lisey Chabert was like, hey, you should come write something for this other project I'm working on. Let's see, looks like she wrote, uh, okay, what do we got here? We got A Valentine's Match. Hmm. Uh, Valentine's Match. I'm just looking at, uh, seeing if there are any notable cast. A Christmas Carousel. <laughs> uh, I- Snow Kissed. I will promise you up front, I have not seen any of these movies. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just curious as to whether any of these actually star Lacey Chabert. I mean, statistically, yes, but... <laughs> statistically, they have to. There's oh, oh, we've one, got a, uh, a... There's one holiday uh, romance that I, I have on my, my to-watch list, and that's the one starring Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis. Oh, happiest season! Yes. Uh, let's see. We got a castle for Christmas. That one actually has a couple of big names in the cast. That is Brooke Shields and Carrie Elwes. Wow. Well, she may not have written Transformers before, but she is either firmly entrenched in the culture or just did her homework. Oh yeah, twenty twenty two, inventing the Christmas prince, uh, inventing the Christmas prince, starring Tamara Mowry. I don't understand how these movies don't have Lacey Chabert, though. Yeah. I mean, she can't be in all of them. I'm sure she's trying as much as she can. She can't be in all of them. Her her IMDb page suggests otherwise, but I I will admit that I am already staggered by the sheer depth and breadth of the holiday romance movie genre. Apparently they have, like, conventions for them. That what kind of surprises me, but does not really surprise me. It does kind of surprise me, though. I mean, I guess they could. They, I mean, uh, hey, they should have a Lacey Chabert. Uh, she could. They they could have it and like a Transformers convention in the same hotel, and she could go back and forth. <laughs> yeah, be like one of those years when it was like us and a big Warhammer 40k group, and then a horror convention. Except I don't think there was really any crossover between any of those. Oh. I mean, if it would have been a little except, later... Uh, except lots of huge nerds. Right, I'm just thinking if it had been like a little... Like maybe Circuit Transformers Prime, you could have Tony Todd at both. Oh, <laughs> you could. 
this was definitely pre-Transformers Prime, but that would be pretty cool. That would be sweet. A Tony Todd and Jeffrey Combs, for that matter. Oh, yeah. <gasps> yeah. oh my god. Yes. I think George Romero was at the horror Ooh. con. Hmm. I think someone mentioned that he was actually, like, it was big enough that George Romero was there. I'd have to yeah, that's, uh, that, that is sufficiently big. I mean, that would obviously be pre-Transformers Prime, because he's been dead for a while. Yeah, yeah it was... I want to say Chicago, but maybe not. Oh. I was definitely like in my twenties for this convention, so it was a long time ago. So anyway, it uh, this episode it is uh, it is morning in Griffin Rock, and uh, you know Boulder he doesn't want to he doesn't want to work. He just wants to bang on his drum all day because today is Allspark Day, and apparently part of that is banging on a big drum. He does. He has a giant boulder-sized drum with some Cybertronian writing on it, and he's just banging on the drum. And it's it's so loud. It sounds. I almost thought it was like an earthquake at first in the episode. It's like what? Oh, hey, wait! So loud. I gotta. I gotta get something. Oh, you have a drum. I'm gonna have bongos somewhere, but. <laughs> okay, you have a gong. I have a, a hide drum that I got at a Renaissance festival like uh. a decade ago that was hanging on my wall. That's the same kind of drum, hmm. not as <laughs> loud. Well, you are all ready for All Spark Day. I am <laughs> always ready for All Spark Day. <laughs> well, it's a shame it only comes once every four, no, seven years, was it? Seven cycles, which is interesting for a holiday. Yeah. Usually holidays don't skip years. Yeah, well, it might be like, I don't know. you know, alignment of planets or some nonsense. Some Easter nonsense. It may, it's, it's, it's like, it may, it's like Leap Day. Mm. Maybe. You know, this is the holiday that we only celebrate uh, every four years. Uh, you know, we got Leap Dave Williams. We all wear blue and yellow. So you dress like we, Dirge? That's Dave Botbot's birthday. <laughs> His birthday is on Leap Day because he is uh. a sad person whose <laughs> life is unfortunate. <laughs> I've been rewatching Botbots recently. Life truly has given him lemons. <laughs> yes. God, I love Botbots so much. Botbots. And speaking written- of the con. Written by uh, a couple of Rescue Bots writers. Ooh. And voice directed by Jubilee of the X-Men. Yes. Good show. People should watch it. We may do the entire series uh, at one point, or if we only do a single episode, I think we pretty much have to do the one with uh, Chopping Mall. Yes. (laughs) We should do the whole series. It's it's very good. If it's still on Netflix by the time we get to it, yeah. Oh, it's okay. Oh, I, I, uh, I, I can hook Jen's you up. Jen's got us covered. Yeah. I got you covered. I don't trust streamers to not memory whole things. No. You would think that Hasbro would just put it on YouTube or something. Is you know, true? I would, at this point, two years ago, I would not have trusted that. But at this point, they have been so good about uploading stuff. Like, <laughs> like a, Rescue Bots. A couple years like rescue bots, they just recently. I mean, I was having to find alternate. I was having to be a pirate and uh, find op- alternate sources for a bunch of that not that long ago, and now that's all up. So I would imagine that if Netflix, like the only one that's too mired in copyright issues, and I feel like they learned their lesson, was RID two thousand one. Yeah. Yes. And I feel like they probably learned their lessons with that. So I assume that they have sufficient rights that were, ne- were uh, Netflix to memory hole it. Hasbro would be able to just put it on YouTube. Hmm. Hopefully. So, you know, everybody is kind of, you know, they're, they're kind of jazzed about this holiday, except for Heatwave, who thinks that Earth has enough holidays as it is. Yeah. <laughs> he is being the Ebenezer Scrooge of this episode. Yeah, it... it- Kind of does feel like he hates his traditional Cybertronian holiday from the old country. Yeah. 
mean, I later in the episode, we will have some very uh, insightful uh, suggestions that this is just how he is dealing with trauma, which is big thoughts for rescue bots. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they can't discuss it too much because it turns out the floating Xanadu is no longer floating. <laughs> no! See, this is what it's like trying to observe a holiday as a minority culture. You still have to go to work. I mean, not if you made appropriate arrangements beforehand, but everyone else is going to work. Yeah. So they still got to go to work and save Marilusky. <laughs> yeah, save the capitalist from his sinking yacht. Stupid <laughs> <laughs> yacht. Although, I, well, there, there's, there is a reason why, but my brain immediately went, Ooh, Orca's in this episode? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, kind of orcas in the sense that uh, Michael Bell is kind of playing Quint from Jaws, and his boat was the orca. Yes. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so this is indeed being felled by some mysterious rogue waves. Yeah. So, uh, so the mayor does indeed have to, uh, or ha- have to be saved along with his wife and her small annoying dog. Yeah. Yes. At one point, his hairpiece blows off and is on the dog, and then <laughs> in other times, it ends up in a very uh, Burt Reynolds mustache on Chase. And, and Chase agrees with the dog that it looked much better on the dog. Yes. <laughs> also, Mrs. Lusky is clinging a little too hard to Cade for Cade's Oh, yeah. Day. Yeah. <laughs> this, uh... Among the perils of this episode do include wild cougars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious. Do do the people of Griffin Rock also know about High Tide? Because he is like uh, out there doing his own thing. That is a good question. They, Has I he interacted with the town? I don't think so. I, he has not. I mean, I, I have to imagine that at some point people were like, "Okay, so it's the four of you. Are there any others?" Hmm. Yeah, is is Optimus a secret? Yeah, I don't know. If I Optimus mean, I is guess not. As we'll see later in the episode when there's a little statue of him. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. That's true. Yeah, I guess they do know about other Transformers in general, though. Uh-huh. Because yeah, cut to they just the, might uh, not specifically know that there's an enormous <laughs> one just yeah. hanging out offshore. It might not have come up. Mm. Yeah, so cut to High Tide, who we have not seen since uh, last season's season finale. Yeah. He, he continues and, to be Michael Bell. Yes, and we still get and we get a reprise of his theme music, which is definitely a rip on the music <laughs> from uh, Pacific Rim. Yeah. <laughs> well, because he, he's still piloting this ship, flotilla, whatever thing in giant robot form. Yes. We we only see his actual robot head in a what do you call Zoom uh, call video screens? Yeah. Yes, in the mm-hmm. Zoom call. Yes. And, uh, yeah, he is celebrating his uh, Allspark Day like uh, like a bunch of guys who live on the water by getting drunk and doing a bunch of cannonballs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> As you do. And just crawling up and, onto an old, disused lighthouse and jumping into the water. Because he and, does indeed I, wish that he was, uh, he was having a uh, quart of visco at Macadam's. Yes! Yes! This, I would assume this is the first Macadam's mentioned in this show. Yes, yeah. I believe so. And would it be like the f- I said, the writer either was already entrenched in this fandom or has done her research. Yes. When was the first time McAdams was mentioned in an animated form? Uh, Is it this? I feel, or like or I feel it must have co- robots in disguise. I feel like it had to have been dropped and animated. Like, oh, right. It, it was really mentioned obvious. in animated, yes. In what? fact, I think you see it in animated, because it's, they go to yeah. Cybertron and it's closed. Oh. Because oh. in season three, they do go to Cybertron, so yeah. I'm, yes. I'm pretty sure 
And of course, we know that animated was full of the deep cuts. Yes. Yeah. What is art? Oh, yeah, I guess it is an animated. Huh. Okay. It's been a while. Oh, was in. This is why I hate machines. Oh, one of the yes. best episodes. Right. <laughs> yes. Where Fanzone ends up on Cybertron, and it's like yeah. this is terrible, and I this hate it. This is the worst. Yeah. So, the, so they're able to tell him that you know maybe you should go out like further out to sea so you don't destroy the town. Hmm. We're we're trying to have like a town over here. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, so buddy. They, they're, you know, they're talking about having their celebrations, but Heat Wave just wants to, uh, just, it's just a regular day. We're not, we're not celebrating anything. Hmm. We live here now, not in the past. That's right. Also, so, and this comes up, this, this continues to come up. This is a major part of the plot point later in the episode. I feel like, and, and the wiki was not helpful here, but I feel hmm? like the parade of medals came up again later. Like yeah, in Cyberverse or something. Oh, yeah. That I'm not sure. I haven't watched through all the Cyberverse. Okay. Did that? Did it ring a bell for you? Because I, I feel It did not like... ring a bell for me. Okay. But I, I, I do love like the that... idea of the parade of medals. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good name <laughs> for a thing. It's like, what exactly does it mean? Sounds cool. I feel like that was the parade. There's a bit in Cyberverse where... There's like a bunch of characters who are stuck in a matrixy time loop, and I think that they're at the parade of medals. But I mm. could be totally misremembering because I watched Cyberverse literally one time mid COVID on early shifts at work. So, but uh, <laughs> the wiki was not helpful. But I don't know how intense the wiki got about cataloging Cyberverse. True, and they're also talking about the Festival of Primes. Yeah, I, I do really like the idea of just parading some medals, though. But yes, they have I mean, festival of primes. The 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 parade of medals definitely thinks, makes me think of like like at baseball games where they have like mascot races. Oh, that yes, makes me... and like like with the Milwaukee Brewers, it's different kinds of sausages, and mm. I think at Washington Nationals games, it's presidents, but they've got like giant mascot heads. Yeah, yeah, they do stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, it'd be uh, like that sometimes. So it, it's like that, except it's uh, it's like a guy in a molybdenum costume <laughs> running a running a race against uh, you know like tin and antimony. Yes. Well, the wiki doesn't help, but Google does. There is an episode with the parade of medals in okay. Cyberverse. Yes. Okay, so I okay. was not completely hallucinating. That the parade of medals came up again later in Cyberverse for yeah, but, some reason. But it's a red link on the wiki, so it's, it's it yeah. happens in two continuities in two episodes. Mm-hmm. But it's like there's no information. So other somebody than make that parade of medals article. A parade of medals exists. I mean, we so, find out later as they're preparing for it a little of a little bit about what it involves. So we we have a well, little bit of content. Yes, but that's that's the humans, and I think that's pure guesswork. Mm. Well, I assume so, the Blades is telling them. Uh... <laughs> so anyway, Boulder is, uh, you know, he's uh, he's gone up to the roof and he's painting a picture of uh, his uh, the memory his memory of his first All Spark Day. Hmm. And you know, Cody comes up there to see him, and they just decide that you know Heat Wave is just homesick for Cybertron. Yeah. So so Cody is going to get the whole town in on. Putting on a show for the bots and making an All Spark Day celebration. Hmm. They're going to introduce everybody to their culture, which is very yes. sweet. And everybody's very excited to learn about Cybertroning culture. Yes, except for the mayor because he's busy apparently watching uh, Cupcake Hoarders. <laughs> <laughs> As you do. So, uh, so Danny gets uh, gets like a band that's like led by. Uh, Helipack guy, Mr. Harrison. Uh, they're getting a. Who else are you going to have as a conductor? (laughs) They're they're filling a fountain full of blueberry juice instead of Energon. 
I have some extremely important questions. If this celebration, if music is an important part of this celebration, that therefore implies that there is Cybertronian music, and I would like to know what it involves. Yeah, I demand well, more details. Well, there's uh, there's the Knights of Unicron. Remember that like SDCC <laughs> yes. exclusive that was like a bunch of like hair metal robots in like wigs. Yeah, yeah, but th- th- that does open like the a thing I always want to know more about, like Cybertronian music, Cybertronian literature, opera, art. What we don't get enough. We get well, we get some well, painting and stuff, but it's mostly done on Earth, so it could be just borrowing Earth styles. But like, and the, the fact that various Transformers have used the bodies of other Transformers as sculptures. But aside <laughs> from that, we don't get enough of like the culture of Cybertron in enough shows. Oh, and in uh, Transformers the movie, uh, the uh, the um, constructor cosplay trumpets, even though several of them do not have mouths. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there there was famously a uh, a I think it might have even been like from a holiday story in the UK comic mm-hmm. where one of the constructicons was holding a a uh, beverage of some description despite <laughs> having a mouthpiece uh, face mask. And someone asked in the letters page how how he drank, and the answer was he manages. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's like how didn't Soundwave once spit at uh, Donnie Finkelberg, the robot master? <laughs> Patooey, yes. Uh, Patoo. I, I, I'm just saying, I would like a a Transformers mini series about the culture on Cybertron and the weirdness. Mm. Like, give it to me, even on a stupid Netflix show, I'd take that. <laughs> as bad as they are. Uh, unfortunately, their culture just involves them talking really slowly. Mm. <laughs> and not transforming on screen. Well, would you be fine for art stuff? It's like We could have, like, a death metal episode. Oh, my God! Someone's starting okay, a band on Cybertron. I, I have confirmed... What? I have confirmed through digging through the wiki that in Cyberverse episode 42, written by Maycat, oh. uh, when Hot Rod gets stuck in the Matrix time loop that the Quintessons stick them in, they, they are, in fact, at the Parade of Metals. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which and I'm pretty sure is similarly just like them carrying big, like, metal. Metals. <laughs> Natural metallic, and that and that does bring us to the parade of metals, which apparently is going to involve using the Doc Green's minimizer, which we saw all the way back in Small Blessings, which ah. was of course the Shrink Ray episode. Yes, <laughs> except he's now using it as a maximizer to make these uh, chunks of metal super big. See, so he's embiggening all the metals. For us, yes. Also, he he does mention that Frankie and uh, his new wife are off on a girls' trip to a desalination conference in Oslo. In Oslo, sure. a desalination conference. You know, just girl stuff. I mean, the thing is, those Having two girl totally trip. would love that, though. Probably, yes, yeah. they absolutely would. I just really appreciate that that's described as a girls' trip. Mm. <laughs> And as you can imagine, uh, Cece, the, uh, the, the, the baby here, gets a hold of this uh, minimizer, and uh, the Doc Green is going to have to make a call to Europe saying, Honey, I blew up the kid. <laughs> yes, we have a sequel to the shrinking episode. It was inevitable. Yes. Suddenly, a giant baby. Yep, a giant baby. It is baby's day out. Oh, that's in my notes, too. I, okay, so I'll go to my next joke. Yeah, but Doc Green wouldn't say, honey, I blew up the baby. He would say it in a more Doc Green way, like, honey, I increased the mass of our offspring accidentally. Darling, I've enlarged our infant. <laughs> I've enlarged our infants. <laughs> oh, increased the mass. Increased the mass of our infant. Yeah. Uh, so, and then yeah. he uses one of my favorite words, Brabading Nangian. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's a stupid word that doesn't get used often enough because it's a really stupid word. And then what, what she really wants is uh, her, uh, her, her stuffed frog pasteur. Yes. And is, also uh, a donut. Yes. Well, yes. Yes, first she wants a donut. 
He he is not legally Kermit the Frog. No. No, well, his face is also a little bit Pepe the Frog. And also, she has busted this minimizer, so they can't even just grab it and shrink her down. So they're going to have to corral her until... uh, until he can fix it this can thing. It can be repaired. Yes. So, yeah, she is after this giant donut, much like Homer Simpson in that one uh, Treehouse of Horror episode. <laughs> he says she knows he, she's not allowed to have donuts. Hmm. I was thinking Iron Man. Yeah. Oh. Just hanging out in the giant donut sign. That, uh, an actual, an actual donut sign. That's uh, from Rand- so the have- famous Randy's Donuts. Have any of you lived around a place that had a giant donut sign? No, never. No. Okay. Cause there we was, really just I have mean, Tim Hortons around here. Pretty sure there was a Buckeye Donuts in Columbus that had a, a giant donut. I think I remember a place with a giant pizza, maybe, but oh. not a donut. Ooh, I would want a giant pizza on my sign. Giant pizza is also easier to do. It's two-dimensional. I suppose. Closest I've been is uh, I occasionally go to uh, Port Huron in Michigan that has a an Arby's with that giant old school neon cowboy hat sign. Oh, Arby's roast beef sandwich is delicious. That's the one. Oh, have you ever been to a Big Boys? Oh, I, oh yeah. I guess I have. We don't have a Big Boy here anymore, but we used to, and it did indeed have the Big Boy. A Big Boy. Yes. Yeah, I've been near a couple of those. So, yeah, of course, she finds this sign quite an inedible. Hmm. She manages to bite a chunk out of it, though. It just yes. tastes very bad. <laughs> she tries, and then she spits it out. So they, they try and get her with the winch. They try and get her with the foam. Nothing works. And then she decides to go take a bath. Hmm. She, uh, she plays with the fairy like a, uh, like a bath toy. And then, uh, and then, unfortunately, that means that it's now nap time. And before, but uh, for her nap, she has to have her frog. So they they snag this frog and they bring it to her, but it is too tiny for her to notice. Yes, because she's like fifty feet tall or so. Yeah, she's kaiju size. So she's hey, like, Boulder, that's not my frog. Yes. So, but good news, Boulder is thinking fast. And he realizes, hey, I'm green and. Vaguely frog-like. <laughs> <laughs> sort of? It's so cute. <laughs> so good. Mm. So he's just leaping around like a frog. Ribbiting. Somewhat unconvincingly ribbiting. Yeah. Yes, I mean, convincingly enough for a small child. Well, she buys it. She does. So they just need one more thing to make her uh, to make her nap. They need to tell her a story and to rock her to sleep. This is going to be a problem, but luckily, we have recently encountered one of our recurring cast members who is, an, who is a ginormous robot. Yes. And who is just reminiscing about telling stories. Yes. Yeah, we have a Jaeger. Yes. What, you mean Cade Jaeger from uh, Mark Wahlberg's character from the Transformers movies? No, absolutely no. not. I'll tell you a story, bro. It's about that time I was in The Departed. Just give him a Jägermeister, then maybe that'll shut him up. Yeah. Bro, did you see that movie? <laughs> I shot Matt Damon at the end. And then there was a rat, because he was a rat. Oh, it, it's like... Oh, who is it? Is it Heatwave mentions maybe Unicron can help? Yeah, well, he, yes, yeah. At this point, he'd, he'd take help from Unicron, which I'm sure is the first mention of Unicron on Rescue Bots. I uh, think so. Probably close. Probably. Oh I yeah, mean, I, I, I think it's entirely surprised. But we should also mention that one of the uh, uh, one of the decorations for uh, for Allspark Day is indeed they've dressed up the statue of Horace Burns to look like Optimus Prime. Yes, by putting cardboard boxes on it that are painted. As yes. you do. That's how you make an Optimus Prime costume. I mean, it kind of looks like... Yes, uh, as we've seen from Transformers Animated. That's right. Yes. So, indeed, you know, High Tide is willing to help. And so he rocks to sleep while he's talking about the time that he and 15 other Megabots are 
or no, sorry, that's later that uh, that's that the time of the destruction of the Hammer of Primus, <laughs> which someone protests is not a story for toddlers. <laughs> yeah, because it sounds more like it's a weapon of mass destruction than a hammer. Yes, and then he and like fifteen other megabots were deployed to destroy it. Yeah. Are you doing fighting a battleship? It's okay, she does not understand language enough for this to bother her at all. <laughs> she is just listening to his exciting tone. Mm. He's just listening to the dulcet tones of Michael Bell. <laughs> and let me tell you about that time I played Duke on G.I. Joe. <laughs> or how about how about the pilot of Star Trek, uh, the next generation? You know, I was on that. It's true. I was like Man, a guy. I watch that. It's been a while. I was like a guy living on a space jellyfish. <laughs> Wasn't he an encounter at Farpoint? Like the very yeah, first episode. Yeah, the pilot. Yeah, I need to. We'll see if I do a rewatch. He'll be right up front. Yeah, and then you can skip most of the first season because it's not good. What do you mean? It has Tasha Yar in it until it doesn't. I, yeah, well, no, what, she leaves second season. No, no, it's late. The first. oh no, she doesn't make it through the first. Yeah, season. Yeah, no, she she gets killed by like a what? big goopy garbage bag guy. That was in the first season. First Believe season. Believe me, I know. I know oh. an awkward amount about Tasha Yar. <laughs> it's been so long since I rewatched. I assume she survived at least a season and a half. No, no, this has always been a point of contention for me. Mm. And also, you will never guess what prominent 80s actor is the godson of Michael Bell and who helped him get, and Michael Bell helped him get into acting. <gasps> prominent Ooh. son, voice actor. Is it Judd Nelson? It is not Judd Nelson, but you're not far off. It's kind oh. of a, I mean, also a guy whose big years were in the 80s. Um, That's, that describes a lot of guys, so you're going to have to help me out. This mm. is true. Um, let's see. He, he was in a movie and that a probably involved... And a lot of them could be described as Judd Nelson adjacent. <laughs> uh, let's see. He he may have encountered uh, number five. <gasps> uh, he may have encountered Steve. Wilfred Brimley. <laughs> oh, the fuck is this? Um, Steve Gutenberg. Yeah. Steve Gutenberg, the goot. Yes. He went yes. into voice acting? No, but in, into, like, acting, acting. Because, oh. like, Michael Bell's in a lot of, like, live-action stuff prior to the voice acting. Yes. Well, you know, he's, in the, he's in a bunch I of Star really Trek episodes. Need, I really yeah. need to get Short Circuit 1 and 2 on VHS. <laughs> but uh, you probably find him in a bargain bin as a two-pack. And, of course, I will also note that... <laughs> no, that's, uh, on, that's on DVD. That Michael Bell was the voice director for Kid Video. He was. Oh. He sure was. Trying his best with what he was given. <laughs> Which was, you know, great, except for, like, three of the four main characters. Uh, anyway, so uh, so the, 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 the gigantic baby is put to sleep and reduced back to baby size. And then everybody celebrates All-Spark Day. Yay. Uh, you know... Chase I have a Boulder's giant drum. He's marching with his giant drum. Boulder's got a giant drum. We got the we got this parade of medals. We got uh, high tide telling inappropriate stories to small children. <laughs> <laughs> I love the parade of medals. Like, what the hell? And we've got. I would nobody say who thought of it, but we know who thought of it now. <laughs> and we've got nobody wanting to listen to uh, Chase's haiku. Yes, backed by bamboo flutes. Uh, mm, He tried. An attempt was made. Yeah. And that is the episode. Uh, This was a fun one. I uh, I enjoyed the giant baby stuff. Uh, I I always like seeing High Tide. Mm. Yes. Good having him back for an episode. I mean, it was inevitable we would have a something has grown to large size episode. He did. Haven't had one of those in a while. I kind of wish it wasn't just a baby. Like, oh, it's honey, I blew up the baby. 
thing, but eh, it, it works out for the episode. I do like that we have a holiday episode written by someone who is very familiar with writing holiday stories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the holiday itself is great. Boy, th- there should be like an episode that's like Parade about- of metals. But like some big city businesswoman who ends up on Griffin Rock and has like a whirlwind romance with, I don't know, Kate or somebody. Yes. Yeah. But, but what also about Haley, robots? who is in this and willing to tell stories? Oh, yeah. This is true. This is true. She was very excited to tell stories for AllSpark Day. Mm-hmm. I like that they have a holiday that's just about being happy to be alive. Yes, it's just about being happy to be alive. That's that's very wholesome. Just once every five, seven years, we're happy to be alive. <laughs> Parade some medals around. Have Festival of Primes. <laughs> yeah, I too, once every seven years, I'm happy to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> womp womp. Uh, wait, if this was 2016, when would the next. But yeah, that was fun. Primes Day be? It was a lot of fun watching uh, Boulder hop around and pretend to be a frog. I've read the next. Uh, it was last year, the next. No, it, so, uh, oh yeah, last year. So the next one would be twenty thirty. Yeah. So mark your hmm. calendars, kids. First Macadams reference in Rescue Bots, which is probably appropriate considering it's a bar. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I believe that now brings us to David's Tokusatsu Corner. Yes, this week on one, two, three, four, five, five man, Super Beasts, big shedding. Oh. There's like a cat? A big beast that is shedding. No, not... <laughs> sadly, like it's not like a... Oh, that would actually be funnier, maybe, but... No, I, I with, that, with that title, I was expecting... Oh, it's going to be a, like a giant dog monster of the week. It's like, no, no, it's the shedding of a cocoon. Anyway. Oh. The Rangers are making uh, radio calls to the depths of space to talk to their parents. They found the location of last episode... And apparently we have faster than light communication because the parents hear it immediately <laughs> sure. and call back. But the callback is the callback is interrupted by an aurora borealis at this time of year in this part of Japan. <laughs> Can I see it? No. Oh. <laughs> the Volgaire spaceship is producing like weird radiation, fucking up the atmosphere and blocking the signal. And then it. The spaceship that's alive starts to build a cocoon around itself for the rest of the episode. So we know what lies in the cocoon. It is the Volgaire final boss. But there's a timer of two hours before it hatches. Do you have some some little, uh, some tiny pixie girls going, No, no, sadly, there's no... Well, no, nobody nobody's extra small and, like... The women of the bad guy side died last episode after being fused together into one monster. I want to have a Mothra-themed wedding. I would wear a dress <laughs> for a Mothra-themed wedding. <laughs> well, and that way your mom could show up and she could be the Mothra of the bride. <laughs> no, she could be the bridezilla. Mm. <laughs> or whatever. Also, I would... It would probably be the best thing that ever happened to my nephews, so it may have to. I may have to start dating just to just to give them that <laughs> big mothra theme wedding. I mean, he got all the patterns easy with the wings and stuff. I mean, yeah, infant island or something. Lots of small children carrying. Yeah, got your first dance to those like weird twins singing. Yeah. No, that's the thing is that we would be the twins. Oh, singing. Yeah, that'd be neat. Which is why we would both have to wear dresses. So we can be the <laughs> twins singing <laughs> and getting married. And you can ride out in that little flying carriage. <gasps> yes. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt your, your talk of no, cocoon theme. Fun digression. Write that down for oh, ideas good. for yourself. Um, anyway, the, the cocoon starts to build itself. They have two hours until it molts. And Volgire wants... The, the remaining bad guy generals he has left, which is Garoa and Chevy, to go out and kill the rangers because it needs, like, the strongest, most delicious death energy 
to power up its final transformation. Mm, death sure. energy. And, it, and it's going to hatch in two hours, so um, nom, they go nom. out to do that and, and proceed to fight the rangers for hours. And I in assume the process, not hours in, like, actual runtime of the episode. No, I, not actual runtime. It, it, it's like it says, we have two hours. <laughs> cut to a not, different scene. This is not a Dragon Ball Z episode. No, not quite. Because it, it, like, cuts to something, cuts back to the fight. Oh, we have 90 minutes left. Cut to something else. We have an hour left. And by episode, I mean entire story arc. <laughs> Where yeah, one no. time they were fighting, and it was five minutes before the planet blew up. And at the end of the episode, it was still five minutes before the planet blew up. <laughs> yes, I, th- I think some people have, like, edited that to how fast they would have to talk to fill up those five minutes. And it's like chipmunk nonsense. But this is, like, within 20 minutes, two hours happen. Okay. In the process of fighting, like, the rangers are fighting against Garoa and Chevy, the two remaining generals, who are vying to be the number one general. And Chevy's henchmen, the Gingamen, who get blowed up this episode. Oh no! Oh, and there there is more giant robot stuff. The the black Stay Puft Marshmallow Mecha shows up and fights one Good. of the giant Zords, and uh, oh, Garoa gets blasted off again, but doesn't die early on in the episode. So it's just red, the Red Ranger versus Chevy in a chain death match, which is basically just a strap match with a chain, and not inside a wrestling ring. So they're fighting, and, and the c- cocoon is... When it gets to the last minute, the cocoon is reading out, like, the seconds as it's going down, counting down. Does it just have, like, a screen on it, or... No, it's it's speaking just... Speaking this, this. It's just speaking this from the inside of its giant organic cocoon Ooh. spaceship thing. I mean, I guess it would know, then. Yeah, it knows how long it's going to hatch. It's just weird that it's, like, it's doing the countdown itself. Yes. That is a little odd. Anyway, uh, the black Stay Puft robot gets killed. Chevy gets killed. But it turns out the plan actually was that Volgire, the spaceship cocoon monster, wanted Chevy to die because he was the most delicious death essence in the universe because he'd killed thousands upon millions of people. And that made him... Perfect for the final molting energy it needs. I mean, and that's when he just, dies, that's just normal metaphysics. There, yes, it 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 finally begins to molt to be continued. Dun dun dun. So now, so in fact, it the Chevy may not have gone to the levee, but he's saying this will be the day that I die. <laughs> yeah. This will be the day that I die. Yes, yes, it is in fact the day that he die. Is it? Is that song about something weird? I mean, something it's it's about a whole bunch. Of, no, it's it's about like uh, the like music. Um, no, the, but like, the day the music died is said to be the day that um, what's his name, um, Buddy, Buddy Holly. Holly, Richie Valens, and the Big Bopper died in a plane crash. Okay, I thought there was like some other meaning. I heard about it recently. There was supposed to be like something beyond that, but I don't think like, anybody's ever weird. actually sussed the actual. Meaning of it out of, uh, what's his name? Don... Don McLean. Don, Don McLean. Mm. Yes. The world may never know. Anyway, uh, this is the penultimate episode. Next week, finale. Ooh. <gasps> and then I have to pick a different show. Did they uh, at least keep a few villains to kill for the final episode? Um, Gorilla, the, the original leader of the bad guys, is still alive. And the Godzilla mushroom little weird guys I think still around but I think he's also still inside the cocoon and might just die in the process of the molting but everyone else is dead Okay, you gotta keep the main villain around to for the final episode but yeah in, in that lead up in the last few episodes you have to start having all the hench folks pick sides I think it's more common that, like, the comic relief of the villains is the last one, usually. Like, either because they survive because they're likable and funny and betrayed the rest of them, or because they're just so sad and pitiful, it's it's more entertaining that the funny one is left. And Garoa kind of is the comic relief because he be- was up. My, my primary experience with this kind of storytelling trope, it's in victory 
Dino Force switches sides, uh, but oh. Breast Force do die. Oh. In their combined form. Oh no. And then they turn gray and float off into space. And if they're lucky, they may get new toys. Yes. Give us new toys. R.I.P. Breast Force. Except they'll call them Chest Force. Yeah, I don't... Call them Breast Force, you cowards! <laughs> Just leave the A off, it's fine. Yes! Exactly. It's true, they're big fans of uh, Martin Breast, the director of Scent of a Woman and Midnight Run. Yeah, and so they, they call their whole gimmick after him, even though it bears no relation. Well, like, each each one represents a different Martin Breast movie. Uh, Death Grober, who died, is, of course, uh, his final film, Gili. <laughs> Oof. Oof, that's, uh, that's Morrison Wells' level last oh. film there. Oh. That's pretty I, I mean, he's still alive, so you never know. Oh, okay. Oh. So he didn't but, die. Uh, making no, Jiggly just didn't, his career. Making that didn't kill him. It just Orson killed his career. Orson Welles had a movie come out like two or three years ago on Netflix, which I still need to watch. Well, that's true. He didn't really get to appreciate it, though. No. Yeah. Well, I'll be appreciating it from hell. It's just what I was what I was thinking as I was uh, playing with the new Deathsaurus and looking at the instructions and just being like, "Call it Chest Force." Call oh, I thought you were thinking chest, about call Orson them Breast Wells. Force. Call them Breastmasters, you cowards. <laughs> At least it's not like when they did the uh, the Shout Factory subtitles and they decided to call them like Deployers or something. That oh, right. was. Yeah. That was cringe. I, I don't know. Deployers isn't that bad of a name, I guess. It's not very descriptive. I, I have told Aaron Archer to his face that uh, not putting the dubs on those DVDs was the wrong decision. <laughs> yes. I mean, I understand why they left them off, but that's like 80% of the reason to watch them. We are we are longtime convention buddies, so I also made fun of things like all the neon in Night Force Ninjas. So <laughs> the, the ninja Batmobile that was chartreuse. Anyway, sorry. Alright, well that does it for us for this week. We'll be back next week with more uh rescue bots. Until then you can find us all over the internet. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. We are on Mastodon. Are we on, and- like, Apple Podcasts and things where people can, as you say, rate and review us? Yes, yeah. yes, they are. Uh, so you can rate and review us on I there. Got an email about something I need to poke at with the settings on Apple Podcasts, so I will have to remember to do that this evening. But yes, yep. we are... What, I, what are, I we have on Apple things. Spotify or something else? I'll have to check on this. We should be on Spotify. We, we're, I basically publish everything to an RSS feed. Mm. Uh, most podcast platforms just automatically pick those up. Uh, okay. Apple Podcasts is a little finickier, so you have to actually go in and add them. And fortunately, uh, I have Apple products now, so I can do that oh, myself. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you do that. Uh, I, I just go direct to RSS websites and things and download the mp3s for things myself i don't yes. deal with feed thingies normal way i try to get patreon feeds where i can so oh, yeah, I patreon can, feeds make things way easier i can get my seven hour episode of the cerebro podcast about how kane marco is a power bottom with no ad Oof. interruptions so, wow that that is even longer than the ridiculously long wrestling podcast I listened to. It was not Ow. as long as the Madeline Pryor episode, which had to be broken up over the course of, like, a month. Yeah. Well, it's Madeline Pryor, so, you know. <laughs> there was, like, an hour of it that was just talking about the movie Vertigo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, and, which, and we also have... I mean, it, it obviously was some inspiration for Madeline Pryor's initial storyline. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and we also have a Patreon. Yes, we are on iaconunderground.net, where you can find that RSS feed if you are interested in going the RSS route and getting away from whatever other podcast platform you use. Uh, And uh, iaconunderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to uh, help with hosting expenses and other costs. That is patreon.com slash iaconunderground. Uh, we are closing up the month of January, so you can still fortunately get a hold of our January episode 
where Davis make David makes us experience Ooh. Buggy the Clown uh, in the in live action glory. Uh, and uh, yeah, that was it. Was a you know, I I have never been super on board with the pirate anime, but it was fun. And if I actually had Netflix and was not resorting to oh. piracy myself, I would probably just continue watching the whole thing. Okay. And Yay! I may go yeah, through the effort of watching okay, that, acquiring that's good, the rest. Rob did say that in when we were recording the outro when we had to put on later because my computer fucked up. Mm-hmm. But I didn't get to ask you. It's like, would you watch more? Yes, you, you would. Okay, so I'd, I'd consider watching some more. Some if, future episodes or, or when season two ever comes out and we get the little blue-nosed reindeer. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> for I, I'm February, concerned. I want him to be a Muppet. For February, we will be watching The Marvels, uh, mm. which was a lot of fun, uh, which David can't speak on yet because he will be watching it for the first time for the episode. As of this recording, no, I mean, I not like it's got mind-blowing stuff that you're like, oh my god, except for the end credits thing. But that's mm. just me. Anyway... So, uh, yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Oh, We're discussing... Ooh, let, let, for- me specu- let me speculate on what the crazy end credits thing is, just off the top of my head. Everyone um, knows at this point, so go <laughs> Except for me. Um, it's going to be The Watcher, as played by Patton Oswald, but it's like Patton Oswald's head on, like, a little stick body. That would be amazing. I wish it was. I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> yes! Oh, of course, don't forget, we already have the MCU Watcher, and it's uh, it's Jeffrey Wright. Yeah. What? On, on that uh, what, what If show. Oh, I still haven't watched What If. Oh, you should. Oh. I mean, it's not it's like one of those, mind-blowing, but it's to pretty it eventually. good. I know, but it's, it's a What If, so I do want to watch it. It's just, I haven't set aside the time, or I forget about it when I want to watch something random. I unsurprisingly really enjoyed the season two episode with Nebula, because I have discovered, thanks to the MCU, that... I have a type, and it's angry, bold women. <laughs> well, eventually we're going to get it, Moon Dragon. I hope we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. All right. So that uh, that does it for us for this week. We'll be back next week with even more rescue bots, in which uh, our uh, our heroes find themselves in a bit of a cash crunch and need to uh, get a bunch of wacky odd jobs. Maybe they should turn the lights out. Uh, turn what? <laughs> and stop making so many spare keys. My, my my first thought, unfortunately, went back to the eighties of a topless car wash. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Only fans. I mean, they can do that, but it's just going to be Cade who's topless. Oh no! <laughs> yes. Oh, orange chest hair. That's horrifying. <laughs> I mean, you you and I both know he waxes. Yeah, he probably. Does. Probably in, like, a comedic fashion. Hmm. <laughs> Alright, so until then, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. Okay. I still think for April we need to do cartoon all-stars to the rescue. Yeah, probably. But that's a ways out. <laughs> <laughs>